Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. And I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here throughout this great nation over the most popular the number one talk platform in the country and that is red state talk radio thank all of you for coming along on the talk monster if you're traveling through times square hey it things are getting lively again in times square and not necessarily in a good way uh, but uh, you can look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, just before you descend into the belly of Times Square. And um, there you will see atop Ripley's uh, Believe It or Not, the Talk Monster, the Talk Monster billboard atop Ripley's. And 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there. And I again, again, thank you for coming along. Today we have a fantastic show. It's going to be an awesome show, as all the shows usually are, unless me, yours truly, messes something up. I got a great team of people that work with me, and I certainly do appreciate them. Just want them to know it. Hey, Michelle, Jarrett, Leanne, thank you so much for being a part of the team. And as we go and grow, you, my good friends, will come along with us. At the uh, bottom of the hour, coming up toward the bottom of the hour, I have on with me um, the lovely Christian patriot, extraordinaire as far as grassroots and cares for the future of our children, Sam Sarbo. She will be on with me. And um, I got to tell you something. We want to talk about today a world fit for kids. Now, that's an organization that Sam has, and uh, yeah, World Fit for Kids. The question has to be, is uh, this world fit for anyone anymore as far as that is concerned? Anyone, yeah, you know the word uh, that has gone away big time in our um, lexicon, American lexicon, decency. There's some things that are just not decent, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? There are some things that are just not decent. And, of course, we we tend to gravitate toward those things because I guess it's our fallen nature, isn't it? Those of us who understand that. And I think our fallen nature is what's clearly being seen here um, when we talk about the challenges and um, the constitutional crisis of 
having your right to speak being challenged by those who feel as though they have a right to challenge your right to speak. My question to you is, what are you going to do about it? you got to push back because, listen, I don't care. You can cut this COVID thing up in, up in all types of, you know, little pieces, all right? From the time that Fauci said no mask, you don't have to wear the mask, masks are not necessary. From the, from the first time he said that, going back over a year, the first time he said that uh, to now, it has been a roller coaster ride and the optimism, the trust factor that goes along with uh, having a, a, a bureau, an organization in your country like the CDC, the Center for, for Disease Control. Having that type of organization, watchdog, virus watchdog, uh, a pandemic watchdog uh, bureau, because it is a bureaucracy, set up, you begin to believe that somehow you can trust them and because you have placed your trust in them, you give them the authority. I want you to hear me now. You give them the authority to tell you in reasonable situations what to do. Therein is a weakness in in, in what we're able to do, but it's a necessary weakness because you have to have someone in charge of that, right? You you can't be in charge of all of that, all right? Although although the thing is this, and we're going to talk to Sam Sam about this when she comes up. Uh, Sam has an organization called A World Fit for Kids, World Fit for Kids. The, the, the world that our founders and, and even those who, like some of my ancestors who came here in chains, the world that they wanted was one where they could at least speak their mind. And that's what the founding fathers gave everybody, even, even though everybody at, the, at that moment in time when the union was not perfect. You see, we were formed to create a more perfect union. Are you hearing me? We were formed, this nation, it's in the preamble of our Constitution. Read it. We the people of the United States in order to form a more perfect union. They knew it wasn't perfect when they formed it. The words tell you that. But we have come so far from there to here that it just absolutely blows my mind. I mean, and it does. It blows my mind that we are still uh, chasing the ghost of Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not, uh, we're not there anymore. Are you, we're not there anymore. We are here and here is a whole lot better place for all of us not just the slave descendants, but all of us. No dogs, no Irish. Italians don't want you. You Catholics, get out of here. 
You Jews, hey, we suspicious of you. It's better for all of us, black people, from chains to freedom, to enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. There's nothing in this country that the color of your skin will stop you from doing if you want to do it. I'm a living witness. Hey, I grew up on Milam Street, Shreveport, Louisiana. My parents built their house out there. Yeah, you know, right after my dad had gotten out of World War II. But uh, it was a upper middle class black neighborhood for the times. It was nice, very nice. But I, I, I worked for what I, I, I've, I've gotten in this life. Hard. And, and, and there is nothing that has stopped me from doing anything I want to do in this country except me. You know why? Because my dad, my grandfather, and my great-grandparents, they paid the price for me to be here. So I get to this point. I get here in America after they've fought the wars, after they've, they've paid the price, yours too, whoever you may be, what English, Irish, whoever you may be, there's somebody who came before you that paved whatever way it is. Because I'm telling you, if it was rough, if it's rough for you right now, if they hit the same type of rut that you hit back then, it would have been rougher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, just think of distance. Just think of the distance that you cover with just one tap of your finger. Distance. You don't have to go to the bank. You're at the bank in your hand. Are you hearing me? Look, with the click of your finger, you don't have to necessarily go to a meeting. You're at the meeting looking at the screen, and everybody's there. They can hear you, and you can carry on business. It's good, bad, and ugly. It's good because you can do it, which is great. It's bad because it cuts out the human element. I like to be around people. I like I like that. I'm, I guess I'm that, uh, uh, you know, pit bull that you leave at home. You know, you like pit bulls are really love beautiful animals. They really got a bad rep uh, because of bad people. But... They're lovely and they're wonderful animals, wonderful animals. But even though they're strong, protective, and, you know, you know, your family's safe when, when you're gone with them around. But uh, if you leave them alone too long, they will start getting, uh, what do you say, lonesome. <laughs> and, and, and my whole point and that is this. Americans just maybe we we have trusted these folks and left them alone alone too long. These CDC folks who are telling us what to do. We've left them alone too long. We haven't checked on them. And and, and they're beginning to chew stuff up. And they're chewing up the lives of our children in particular, especially if we go back to September to school in August, September. And by the way, happy August. Day's first day of August. Year's just about over. Won't be long for it's Thanksgiving. Glory to God. But you know what? 
You leave them alone too long. You leave people that you put in charge unchecked for too long. And hey, it just happened not too long ago. Some friends of my friend that I know just left things unchecked for too long and things happen. We need to check on you are still in charge of this country. The CDC operates off of your money. Dr. Fauci speaks his own language and he speaks down to you, although you pay him the most money of any federal employee in the whole deal. You see. So what are you going to do about these people's condescending attitude toward you, America? Are you just going to take that? You're just going to stand and take that? Is that, is that what's going to happen? I'm telling you, push back, stand up. That's the way to do it. The world that we are looking at is um, doesn't know what to, does not know what to make of the information, the dual messages that's coming. Uh, mask again, New York City. Mask again, Washington, D.C., And in California, of course, they go to special K crazy out there. They're always special K crazy in California. They're not only going to have masks on in school, they're going to test everybody whether you've had the vaccine or not once a week. The, 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 The need and the rush and the desire to be hysterical is absolutely, you can touch it, you can feel it, it's palatable, you can, it's there, taste it. Yeah, it's tangible. And you had better believe one thing. The progressive, well, I won't even call them that because this is totally, totally in regression here. You can believe one thing. That these liberals, these Marxists, these socialists who uh, are pursuing communist manifesto type of stuff. They are enjoying your pain. They love to kick your aunt bed and watch you scamper. I got to listen. Can I be honest with you? Can I tell you guys something? Let me tell you this. It almost makes me ill. It certainly irks me, as the word used to be used back in the day. It irks me these days to see people walking around with masks on. I got to tell you that. It, it, it really burns my hide when the science says, and if your child's sick, and if you're a parent of a child that you, you worried about, then, hey, you be worried about your child. You put that mask on your child if you want to. Okay, you do that. All right, you do that. But let me tell you this. It just bothers me to no end. When the science is telling us that the children do not need the mask. But yet. Yet. There they are. With the mask on. All right. But it, wh- why? It isn't 
you know, we always we're always talking about child abuse, child abuse. But now you 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 begin to pick and choose who's abusing your child. Are you hearing me? You, you're you're letting you're letting them abuse your child. And you're standing for it. And I, I appreciate these these parents who said these words. They are our children. Not yours. Are, are you here? I, I applaud that. Hey, glad, glad, glad of that. We're going to talk about education with Sam Sorbo uh, coming up here in just a little bit. And uh, all of you stay tuned because, hey, she really rocked the place up in Birmingham a couple of weeks ago when we were up there. It was a fantastic outing uh, that we had myself, uh, Sam, as well as uh, Eric, Eric Metaxas and uh, Pastor Askell. Tom Askell was there with us and Tom, uh, Eric, Sam, uh, we uh, along with our host, of course, uh, Mr. Taunton. Uh, Alex, Alex Taunton. <laughs> yeah, Larry Alex Taunton. He was our host, wonderful host. He was, he and his wonderful wife uh, were our host. And friend, let me tell you, she is um, our, our next, uh, next 30 minutes is going to be really good. I think you're going to really like it. And I uh, can't wait to team up with her again. But all of you, stay tuned. Call a friend. Tell them to tune in because um, the C.L. Bryant Show will rock on with Sam Sorbo a little bit later. And then in the second hour of the show, I have a fellow by the name of Joseph Curl. Joseph Curl is a former Drudge Report editor. Yeah, he used to edit uh, Matt Drudge's uh, report there. Yeah, he's going to launch a new conservative uh, aggregator called Off the Press, uh, offers 24-7 breaking news coverage, diverse stories, and so many, um, so many things that we're going to need as ammunition as we go forward. Don't go, don't touch that dial. Stay tuned. Same bat channel, same bat station, or however that used to go. That's the old Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's the old Batman. And then they had this really powy zowie, you know, type of comic book stuff going on. But uh it's all good. It was all Americana. And what we're trying to do is preserve Americana while they're trying to tear it down. Uh they don't want landlords to be paid anymore, do they? I'll talk about that a little bit later on the show as well. I'm CL. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be back with Christian, patriot, mother, actress, and lovely Sam Sorbo when I return.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Welcome back, coast to coast, border to border, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I certainly hope that you can legally call it your homeland. I call it mine. And I want to thank you all for coming along with me daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the number one talk platform in the country, Red State Talk. The C.L. Bryant Show comes at you 12 o'clock every day. And, hey, if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, and 24-7 right there on the Talk Monster billboard, the Red State billboard. The C.L. Bryant Show pops up there in Times Square and CL's face looking right back at you. Hey, friends, uh, in this work that I do, uh, it's tedious sometimes, but it does have its uh, rewarding moments. And one of the moments that was very rewarding to me a couple of weeks ago was to meet uh, for the first time uh, this marvelous woman, a woman of God. uh, And of course, she is a patriot. Uh, She loves children. She loves the educational process that it's going to take to pull our children out of their despair and in this, this, this republic that seems to be under attack by those who would want to take it down. A world fit for children, is it? Let's talk to Sam Sorbo, who has focused on that. And I want to welcome for the first time my newfound friend. And hey, folks, this woman preached up in Birmingham, Alabama a couple of weeks ago. Sam Sorbo, welcome to the C.L. Bryan Show. How are you, friend? Thank you so much for having me. You think we're, we may be under attack? It's possible that maybe there are nefarious forces that want to see the United States fail? Sam, tell <laughs> us, tell us, give us some insight into some of those forces that do want to see us fail. Talk to us. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious. It was stated uh, by the communists long ago, and there are 45 goals that have been written into the congressional record. And if you, if you want to do more research on this, I highly recommend The Naked Communist. It's a fantastic book. And, yeah, it seems like maybe it would be a slog fest or it would be boring, um, it is not. It's a great story. It's a great read. It's an easy read. And it really lays out the goals of the communists, which are slavery, basically. Um, communism, full stop, is slavery. And so, uh, and socialism, by the way, is just the way to get to communism. So you either go straight to communism through a violent revolution or you implement socialism and there's no turning back. It's a very slippery slope. And socialism is the pathway to communism. That, that's its definition. Um, and so that's what we're undergoing today. And so now we have people who are avowed socialists 
serving in our halls of government. Now, we have to understand socialism is the exact opposite of freedom. It is slavery. It's the exact, there is no middle ground. Um, so when we have people who are serving in our halls of government, swearing an oath on the Bible that they will uphold the Constitution, they are lying. They are not telling the truth. But they don't care because they don't believe in oaths, they don't believe in the Bible, and they don't believe in God. Yeah. And so, and unfortunately, or fortunately, those are the underpinnings of the nation. And as long as we're willing to accept um, as, as, you know, sort of status quo, that people who don't abide by the underpinning ideas and tenets of the nation can serve in our government, um, well, you know, we've, we're going to get what's coming to us. Let me That's ask simple. you this. Let me ask you this. Sam Sorbo is my special guest today. And I, I Sam, you have an organization, A World Fit for Children, uh, and 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 this is what you're saying. And and folks, let me tell you, she's a woman of great conviction, and I appreciate and I admire your conviction, Sam. You hear it coming through. But when you look at the um, social doctrines, communist, socialist, Marxist doctrines that are being uh, put forth in our uh, American landscape today toward our children, tell us what makes it unfit then. What is causing our world to be unfit for those who will come behind you and I? Well, because we're not teaching the tenets of freedom to our children. We're teaching them to be enslaved. And we do that by sending them to government schools. So there's a reason that our schools don't teach civics anymore. There's a reason that the late night television could do those funny videos where people don't know how to, how to locate Ohio on the map. They don't know who the vice president is. They don't know how government works, how many branches there are. They know nothing because they went to government schools. And it's a conflict of interest for the government to be involved in the education of the people in a nation wherein the people retain the power over the government. Because the government has no interest in equipping the people with the power to oust the government, but that's in fact what our nation was was designed for. And if you read any of the, if you if you read the founding documents, um, it you know when in due time it becomes necessary for people to basically redefine their government, they should do that. And of course, the government doesn't want you to know that, so you probably never heard that. But I'm 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 uh, loosely quoting from uh, some of our founding documents. Um, but in any case. We send our children into school, and what are they taught in school? They're taught to obey, and yeah. they're taught to follow the rules, yeah. and they're taught not to question, because what do you have to do before you ask a question? You have to raise your hand, and what is that teaching you? It teaches you to not question. That's what it teaches you. It doesn't teach you. We're sold that, it. oh, it teaches us to be polite. That's not what it teaches us, and our schools teach us not to be wrong, not to fail, and if you talk to any successful business person, and ask them the secret of their success, and I'm including Michael Jordan. Yeah. He said, I failed a lot. That yeah. is the secret to success. But we teach kids, we dissuade them from failing, we te- we, which is basically telling them, don't try. And so the whole system has now basically corrupt. And I'm not saying that it's on purpose. I think that some people purpose it, and other people just... They enter the schools thinking that they're going to make a difference, and God bless them. I, you know, I love teachers. I don't blame teachers for any of this, but the system itself is a perversion 
of what education should be. Thank you, Sam. For and the proof. I, I want to. No, no, that's all right. No, you see, people. When I'm telling you that this woman preached up in Birmingham, you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, now, let me tell you. Let me ask you this, Sam. Let me ask you this. Now, um, we we we're very visual as as human beings and as people. And one of the things that you've been able to tap into and capture, you and your husband Kevin are, are extraordinary at uh, presenting a Christian message. And uh, I want to do whatever I can um, to help you and in, in doing that but what tell us share with us how then do we turn the tide in hollywood or is that possible i don't know you would know though toward understanding that there are many of us out here who want to hear coming from someone not necessarily hollywood but from someone a message that does portray our Judeo-Christian ethic. You and Kevin did something uh, called God's Not Dead. Now talk to us about the impact of these types of films. Well, so Kevin did God's Not Dead, and it was enormously successful, and it presented the gospel. Um, We then did Let There Be Light, which is, I think it's still streaming on Amazon, although it, it might be done now, but you can get it on DVD, um, if you go to sorbo.org, that's the website. We're trying to get everything under that. Um, if you go to samsorbo.com or kevinsorbo.net, you'll find other things. Um, my, my, my focus is in education because um, the children are the future. And right now, the left has a, a firm grasp on our children. And the left is interested. And by the left, I mean non-believing people. Uh, I mean, people who seek to enslave, people who are power hungry. Um, I don't. I don't have a better word. Luciferians. Let's. We can just call them Luciferians. Um, and and they're running rampant in our schools. Unfortunately, they're they're in the unions. They're controlling things. Um, and so to that end, you know, I do I do a TV show for Epoch TV um, that's focused on education. What you what you don't know, what you should know, and what to do about it. Um, and there, we do have remedies. We do have ways of, of fixing this. For instance, um, you and I just spoke at this conference, and we discussed the, the different ways that we can get involved. And we should all get involved. You should be voting with your finances. You should be investing in things that you know will reap uh, kingdom rewards and, and um, goodness here on earth, as opposed to just buying everything off of Amazon that you know, shipped in from China. Um, those are, those are the easy things that we can do. You should be attending your local school board meetings just to show up, just to show that you have an interest and you want to see what's going on. And then when you see what's going on, there will be opportunity for you to react. But right now we've been so, um, somnambulant. We've been so sort of mesmerized and, um, and mesmerized, in fact, by Hollywood, right? We just, we turn on Netflix. We, I mean, that was the joke during the pandemic. What did everybody do? They stayed home and they watched TV. Like, I mean, it's pathetic. We should have been reading up on uh, on what's, what's happening in the nation and stuff like that. We should have been educating ourselves. But, but we've been taught not to educate ourselves. We've been taught to not learn, not question, not ask, not learn. And Let me in ask fact, you the this. proof is, you know, when you leave school, don't you go, oh, my gosh, if I never have to crack another book again, that was, I'm done. I'm so done with school, right? Absolutely right. And, and, and you know what? This is the thing 
that uh, we, we also, uh, I heard you say, you mentioned curriculum. Now, what parents, they send, send kids to school. I mean, I had four myself. Uh, you send them to school, as long as they don't come home with a broken arm or suspended or, or, or you know, or something bad. You, you usually didn't pay a whole bunch of attention to them at that time. My wife did, but I didn't. Right. And so this is what I'm asking. What should parents look for in their children's curriculum? Can you even trust that anymore? What's happening as far as uh, the no. curriculum in America? Talk to us. Well, in the schools, of course, it's now fully informed with um, critical race theory, the 1619 Project, um, anti-American sentiment, and, uh, and and all of that that st- a Common Core, Common Core, which actively seeks to dumb down math so that kids or or to com- complicate math to dissuade children from learning math. Um, you have to understand that the communists seek to disempower people with education and empower people who have no education. That's what they call equity. That's what they, that's what's meant by equity. Okay. And you know, we, we need to play some catch up. And I love that you, that you say, well, as long as they don't come home with a broken arm, well, what about a broken spirit? Because that is what happens to our children in school because they're dissuaded from learning. They go to school bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready to learn and curious about the world. And the school just beats that out of them. That's the paradigm. Now, there are some kids who, who thrive in that environment and they love it. That's true. But by and large, the kids are failing. And we have, we have the evidence. The schools give us the evidence of that. Because we're, we're ranked like 27th in the world. 36th, I think, for, for math and 28th for science. And, um, you know, it's ridiculous. We're the United States of America. We should be doing better than that. This nation was founded by home-educated individuals, men who decided to do the extra research because they were curious enough, and they created the best nation in the world, and the strongest nation in the world, and the most, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Prosperous. With the greatest leap of prosperous, thank you, uh, in the world. And, And yet we think that school somehow holds all the answers. It doesn't. And and more so today than ever before. And so I, I just encourage patriots, please do not put your children into those indoctrination centers, um, the gang prep schools that, we, that they call them in the inner city. Um, there's a better way. And, and what I'm trying to show parents is that home education, which I now call self-teaching, because it's, it's not home and it's not school. It's, it's, it, it's setting the child free to learn whatever the child wants to learn and yeah you put some guide rails on so that you, you don't just set the kid free and say go look at youtube all day but you put some guide rails on you give the child some guidance you become the mentor to the ch- child which is uh, there's another word for that what is it oh yes parenting <laughs> um, you become the parent of the child and you and you guide the child into the knowledge that the child wants because when you set the child free then his brilliance his God-given brilliance will come through. But if you, if you try too hard to put the child in a box, in an institution, it will, it will dampen that spirit. And that's, and it's, that's my heart. That's, I want to set kids free. I want, I want to see our children thrive. Sam, tell us all how to get in touch with you uh, before I ask you one last question. How do we all get in touch with you, bring you to a place close to us? 
Well, sure. SamSorbo.com is where my books are, and that's where my videos are. And I do I do a podcast every week. Um, it's on radio and and it's on video, so YouTube and Rumble. Um, although they're censoring me now. Um, yeah. Locals.com, so you can go to Sorbos.locals.com and then do sign up for my TV show, which is on Epoch TV. Um, it's affiliated with the Epoch Times. I'm very proud of it. Um, and there's where I'll walk you through the transition that has to happen because, you know, if you think that you're not capable of educating your own children, you haven't been educated, you've been schooled, and why you would then consign your children to the same fate as you, uh, wow. I don't know. I, wow. So I'd encourage you to look into that. Sam, one last question for you. You've got about uh, two minutes. Sure. Two minutes. Legacy. When uh, you and Kevin are sitting on the porch looking off into the sunset, uh, hopefully many years from now, what do you want to leave behind? What do you want us to talk about when we mention Sam Sorbo? Talk to us about that for two minutes. You know, here's the thing. I, I really want my epitaph to read, uh, she made a difference. They made a difference. That's, that's what I want to do. I want to make a difference in people's lives. We've been lied to. We've been lied to in our schools. We've been lied to in our culture. And what's great and what gives me hope is that the truth will always overcome. That's why I wrote my book, Words for Warriors, because the truth is out there. And just because they're lying, the, the Luciferians are lying, doesn't mean we have to go along with the lie. So I want to empower people, and that's why I wrote Words for Warriors, to empower you to understand the language the fact that they're misusing the language, it doesn't have to trap you in the lie. You can stand strong in the truth. And the truth will set us free. I firmly believe that. And so that's 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 my goal. Well, stand for truth. I know that you are fighting the good fight, so continue to fight it. And I, I'm praying for you, and I certainly am uh, very, very um, glad that I made your acquaintance, and I look forward to... Uh, uh, the future as far as uh, it goes. And listen, God bless you and God keep you. Tell Kevin from us that we said hello and your family. And hey, tell your sister uh, that that uh, yeah. that CL says hello. And uh, God I'll bless you and God keep you all. Same, and thank you so much. back at you. Thank you for everything you do, CL. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Sam Sorbo, that was her on the line with me. I'm CL, and this is the CL Bryant Show. I certainly uh, want to uh, send out um, our condolences to a very good friend of mine right now, though, uh, to Alan Page. Alan Page is a uh, a very good friend, and he is ill, folks, and. I certainly would like for all of you, if you're on your, uh, if you're a prayer a prayer warrior, if you know how to pray, or if you don't know how to pray, just ask God to have mercy upon him in the name of Jesus. And so, um, and his wife uh, Kathy Sue, um, you know that we're praying for you, pulling for you, and uh, here for you above all, above all of that. Uh, people say they pray for you and they, you know, and they're with you and all, but are they, are they there for you? That's what you're wanting to know. And yes, Kathy Sue, we're all here for you. I am. And so God bless you. I'll be back in just a minute. Thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up in 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, coast to coast, border to border, throughout the fruited plains. Uh, of America right here on the number one talk network, talk station, talk uh, in the in the country, and that is Red Estate. Yeah, it is. And so, um, hey, folks, I, I was just on with Sam Sorbo, and um, Sam is a shaker and a mover in uh, the field of education, as you could tell that her thoughts on education – to those who want to keep your children enslaved, her thoughts on education are, in fact, out of the box. And uh, you, my dear friends, uh, had better start thinking out of the box or guess what you are going to do. You are going to breed a general. Well, hey, listen, let, let's just face it. Um. More and more, more and more, you're seeing uh, young people who don't function right. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, Listen, they don't function properly, at least the way they don't know how to do stuff. Any of you out there know what I'm talking about? I'll give you a for instance. I'll give you a for instance. And not that necessarily that you might even want to do this, but I'll give you a for instance. Um, it's been several years ago, and I, I doubt seriously that they've learned uh, since then. But it's been several years ago. I'm going back 10, 15 years now. Uh, when my grandsons, um, we were living on a farm. Jane and I were living down on a farm. And... Um, 64 acres. We had 64 acres in the it's, it's family, which it's mine, but it was passed down to me through, through my family. And uh, I had to maintain it. I couldn't afford uh, to have somebody take care of, of all of that. And of course, uh, I had all the proper equipment and everything to maintain it, right? So uh, my grandsons are visiting with me. I'm talking about kids who don't know how to do stuff, stuff that was just common to me and you 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 can pick out whatever may be common to you your your kids don't know how to do i mean it sounds foreign to them okay but check this out i got out the weed eater and i cranked it up and silly me i'm thinking that uh my grandsons know how to weed eat 
And I even gave him a little example <laughs> what I want him to do. You know, and um, they, uh, they, they, they couldn't, they didn't, they didn't, couldn't do that. And, 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 and this is, this is the kick, get this, this is the kicker, this is the kicker. My grandfather used to work me like a Hebrew slave. Are you hearing me? I mean, I mean a Hebrew, uh-huh, Moses come set us free slave. And, and so uh, being hot and sweating outside was for me expected. I mean, big time expected, drenched shirt, the whole stop, the whole, the whole full stop. I have a feeling that's why I'm in such good shape now. That old man, uh, of course, he was uh, up until he's 90, he was still very, oh my, he was something. Oh man, he was something. Uh, physically, he was something. And um, I, up until he was about ninety years old, and then he began to sort of, sort of deteriorate, begin to walk with a limp, and all this kind of stuff. Um, I, grandma may have kicked him. I, I don't know, but but just the same, these kids started. I mean, teenage, these teenage kids, they were visiting. They came down to visit. They decided that they liked it and decided to come back. But I was surprised that they didn't know how. To just do simple stuff. Now, you think of what it might be for you that you are surprised that your kids can't do. Hey, uh, it always blows my mind when uh, a machine goes out or a cash register or something goes out. It blows my mind when young people cannot count back change. You know. Yeah. It was just a common thing. In fact, we were taught how to call back change, count change back in, in, uh, in, in school. That was a part of mathematics. Kids, they don't know how to do that. If, if a cashier's terminal at McDonald's goes down and you give them a $20 bill on a $15 and uh, 25 cent uh, thing or $15.28 uh, thing, they cannot, they'll have, to do the, they'll have to do the math on a pad. They cannot count the pennies, 29, 30, you know, and give you the dime for 40 and another dime for 50 and then uh, going up uh, to 16, 17, 18 and count you back your $20 change, right? They don't know how. And that's what Sam was talking about. Sam was talking about the things that have already been bred out so that they are enslaved. Now, listen, I'm not knocking modern technology. I, I, I think it is absolutely wonderful. I have no problem with people who are in the tech industry who have put this supercomputer in my hand to do anything I needed to do just about. Tell me how to get to places I do not know how to go to. I have no problems with them being some of the richest people in the world. As long as they don't try to tell me what to do. That's where the slavery comes in. You see, they put something in your hand that, guess what? 
you can't, you, you really don't want to do with you, you can do without it, but you don't want to do without it. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, I have been 10 miles, maybe further, away from my house. Hustle, bustle, trying to get out the door. I have been 10 miles away from my house trying to get to an an airport to get on a plane because I'm already running late. I realized that I left my phone. Oh, hey, you know what I did? I don't care if I miss the plane. I'll get on the next one if that is going to be the case. Of course, flipped around, turned the car around real fast, uh, back as fast as I could go, hoping not to get a ticket. Got the phone, made the plane. I was driving like Mario Andretti on the freeway. So, don't mind them being rich. Because they put something in my hand that I really like. I really like it. At what cost do we like these things? Oh, it's made the world much smaller. It's made the world uh, much more interesting in many ways. Made it more familiar. But you know what they say about familiarity, right? It breeds contempt. Is it possible that we're so familiar with what's going on in this world that we have become contemptuous of it? We know what kind of evil is going on out there. We see it. But this is the problem, my friends. This is the problem. Those who are committing the evil are lying in your face that they're doing anything wrong. That's what's contemptuous about it is that they they let you see what's happening. You have the world at your fingertips. You can become familiar with the comings and goings of what's happening in the world. Washington, D.C. We know both sides of what's happening with Nancy Pelosi because we've had the free speech. But where they're wanting to take your children to and they're already there. They're wanting to take your children to a place where there's just one point of view. There's just one point of view. What I've always, what I always liked about uh, uh, Jane was that she was very opinionated. Oh man, <laughs> big time opinionated. And always had an opinion about something. And not always the same opinion as me. Of course not. Um, But I like that in people because it it, it kicks off discussion, you see. And listen, you have to agree with me on anything. Because I can't be right about everything, but I'm right about this. I'm right about y'all, us, us, being so familiar with what's going on in everything, in every, you can look into anything. You can become familiar with anything because you have this supercomputer in your hand. You can become familiar with anything, even things that are in space. 
Are, are, you, are you aware? You can become familiar with things that are in space. And also, right here on earth, the depths of the ocean, we are yet to explore. Yet to explore. And you have this supercomputer in your hand. And we are yet to understand all of the mysteries that go along with this thing. But it's a good thing. But it's something that has become uh, to each and every one of us. Like I told you, I turned around, went back 10 miles, almost missed a plane because I left this. It's become something we don't want to do without. We can do. Oh, yeah, we can do without it. But why? Huh? I used to watch this show uh, called Off the Grid. It was really good. These people go off the grid and they, you know, sort of film themselves, you know, being off the grid. And uh, they didn't have any cell phones. I guess they had the ultimate uh, form of communication, though, because they were on TV. But um, they didn't have any cell phones. But, and they tried to make this as realistic as possible. Um, and I, I said to myself, I don't want to live like that. And see, therein lies the hypocrisy of our young people today because, see, I remember when we didn't have supercomputers. I remember when a computer was as big as any room in your house or bigger. Yeah. And, and, and for whatever reason, folks want to go back in, in time in their minds or whatever to that place. I do not understand you you have I come from the age of beepers and pagers and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean you you they thought you were a big shot if you had a beeper. <laughs> or a pager, you know. Yeah, oh man, yeah. Only doctors, big shots and other nefarious type folks had that. Back then. Yeah, I come from that era. I'll be back with Joseph Curl when I return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. Don't go anywhere. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. 
throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. That is America. Welcome to the C.L. Bryant Show daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here throughout our nation on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Thank you for coming along with us as uh, we take on uh, this journey together. Great American journey. It is rough along the edges sometimes. Hey, folks, thank you for tuning in. The number one uh, talk uh, station, the number one talk platform in the nation, Red State, Red State Talk. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, the Talk Monster billboard is there. That's Red State 24-7. The C.O. Bryant Show does pop up there on the big board and old C.L.'s face looking right back at you in Times Square. Thank God that we have been able to bring on incredibly interesting guests in the last seven years that we've had on uh, the show here, including old Sean Hannity himself. In fact, Michelle, get him on here uh, real soon. Linda's waiting for the call, and so let's do it. Get him back. On with me now is someone who I uh, do find and see um, uh, to be very interesting as well. He is Joseph Curl, former Drudge Report editor, and he's now launching a new platform for conservatives. It will be called Conservative Aggregator. And I certainly want you to help me welcome uh, to the show for the first time. Joseph Curl, thank you for being there, friend. I thank you so much for being on with us today. How are you? Well, Joseph, tell us about the new work that you're about to do, um, the conservative aggregator. Well, we launched it on Monday. It's at um, offthepress.com, like hot off the presses, just offthepress.com. And it's going to be aggregating basically the Internet. We've got uh, three really good editors, and we're going to essentially plug into the matrix every day, read the entire Internet, and bring you the very best stories that, uh, that are out there. And when we talk about the landscape, the American landscape that you often write about and observe, when we hear things coming from people like Fauci saying that uh, wearing a mask is not uh, an American uh, choice, not your choice. Uh, give us your take on that type of statement. Where, where, where are we coming from with this type of thing? Talk to us. Well, the, the thing that I've been fascinated with is, you know, we all we all know the hypocrisy from the left. And one of the funniest things uh, in this whole situation is that the left will tell you, you know, for abortion, my body, my choice. And then for, for those who, for whatever reason, don't want to get a vaccination, it's their body, their choice, but not, not according to the Democrats. So, you know, it's they, they're, they're, they're hypocrisy, hypocrisy is showing. It's, um, you know, it's fine for them to do it in some cases, but not for Americans to do it. So I think one of the most confusing things about this, this virus and, and Fauci's ever-changing positions on it is, yes, number one, you know, we didn't know a lot about this virus. And so, you know, science is all about finding facts and and then changing tac tactics and techniques of how to battle this thing. But it really does, you know, uh, there was a report last week where a CNN um, anchor you know, basically just, just, just asked the question. It's like when you keep changing all the time, it becomes an issue of credibility. If we, if we don't know things, why are we doing certain things? Remember, 
when this all first emerged, it was like, just wash your hands a lot and you'll be fine. Then they said, well, wait, it's airborne. It's not even on the surfaces, so wear a mask. And then Fauci went, you know, but, but again, Fauci had said before that, you don't need to wear a mask. Then they said, wear a mask. Then Fauci said, wear two masks. Then Biden said, now you don't need a mask again. Now we have, you know, millions and millions of people vaccinated and suddenly it's wear a mask again. So it just keeps, you know, maybe this is all, maybe this all makes sense in, in an evolving scientific way of, of yeah. a virus that we never knew anything about. But, but, but it does, it does bring up questions about, you know, Who's running the show here, and, and, and how much do they really know? It does indeed bring that question up. Now, you've been covering news in, in America for over 30 years, so you would be uh, the prime candidate to ask this question, too. Uh, Joseph, where did you begin to see the trend toward Americans losing their voice come about? At, at what point along that 30-year period, perhaps, before Talk to us about where the, 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 we began to veer severely off course in this nation to get to this point. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's, been, it's been very recently. I, I was talking with some journalist friends of mine the other day and talking about a real difference that, that's changed under, under Trump. So really just back to 2017 when he took office, the you know, social media then began – and, and, and lots of other mainstream media, but social media especially began to censor any other views, any other opposing views, even asking the question. Remember when, you know, COVID-19 first emerged, it was, you know, a question was, well, where the heck did it come from? And then speculation was that it came from this Wuhan lab. And, but then that was banned completely from, from social media. You couldn't, you couldn't even ask that question. Now, it's, it's funny that 15 months later, where we're not only asking that question, Biden's asking that question. The Republicans today came out on Capitol Hill and said, you know, all evidence points to it escaping either on either escaping accidentally or, or deliberately being released from this lab. So but here's the thing that, that's, that's, that's been really unusual in from from Trump's time on is that when the media gets squelched and censored, the media is you know, has always been a kind of monolithic, monolithic force. Left or right, we get each other's backs. When, when a Republican president is censoring or limiting the liberal media, then the, the conservative media will come to their defense and vice versa. It used to be that, you know, we were all in this game. When, you're asking, when we're asking questions for the president, we're just the fourth estate trying to ask the most powerful man in the world some questions. But what's been really unusual this in this last period is that when social media literally censored the right, the left said absolutely nothing. They didn't complain. They didn't say, hey, you know, if you can do that to them, you can do that to us. And, and everything's cyclical, so it'll all come around. But it's the first time I've seen in my career that no one came to the defense of their fellow journalists. And to me, that was really unusual. Going back 30 years when you first broke into doing all of this, uh, of course, the way that news was disseminated and spread throughout the land was much slower. Now that we have instant news cycles 24-7, has that made a positive or has that been a negative impact? I, I, I know that I can't do without my uh, supercomputer that I hold in my hand daily. Uh, it, it, what, 
has it been a part of our week of the weakening of our nation? Uh, talk to us from uh, a historical standpoint. Yeah, and it's, and it's fascinating what you just said there. Is that um, the things we carry in our hands are more computing power than we went to the moon with, and the astronauts went to the moon with in 1969. So it is insane the, the ability that we have. But but what comes with with this incredible flow of things, this fire hose of news every day is an inability or, or at the very least a difficulty in figuring out what's important. Everyone's got this nonstop flow. It's, you know, it's on TV, it's on network TV, it's on cable, it's on radio. It's, you're getting inundated with, you know, newsletters and newspapers. And, and then you've got your Facebook feed, which is just this, you know, bizarre mash of news that's coming across from you don't know where. So, again, that's one of the things that offthepress.com is going to try to do, which is, you know, we're going to vet these sources. We're going to vet these stories. We're going to make sure that they're factual and also that they're asking questions. I mean, if we don't know the answer to the question, where did the virus come from, we got to be able to ask that question. We need, we need, we need to tell people on Capitol Hill, hey, maybe you should look into this because we don't know the answer to this question. So, yeah, it's it's been both, you know, it's – there's, there's two things. There's more appetite for news now than there ever has been because, again, we have these devices in our hands and we're, you know, we're online eight, ten hours a day looking at things. But, but then the, 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 the plethora, the proliferation of fake news or questionable news or just the, the, the onslaught of the liberal media pushing their, their, their storyline nonstop it's really hard for literally half of America, which, which votes conservative, to find the news they're looking for. And that's, again, what Off the Press is going to have. Joseph Curl, Off the pl- Presses, Off the Press. Dot, hot up. Talk to, give us the website again, Joseph. I'm, I'm messing it up. It's, uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just offthepress.com. 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 Go there and check him out. When you and I were coming along, uh, uh, Joseph, Ideas were uh, looked to be challenged. Debate was uh, stimulated because people uh, challenged and and discussed, and that's the word there, discussed, had conversation about different ideas. Uh, Is it really true? And and, and maybe I'm asking a a question that's just so glaringly obvious, but, but still we need to talk about it. Is it really true that there is an attack against conservative speak in this country? And tell us why they want to shield our young people from what you and I are talking about. Talk to us. Well, yeah, I think that I think there is a concerted effort. I think I think you know, in, in years past, and and again, when we were coming up, I mean, I remember my dad was in you know politics in, in some ways, and. And he, you know, he would talk about back in the '70s and '80s when I was growing up, the the congressmen who would who would argue all day on Capitol Hill and then go have a beer with each other. I mean, there are there are literally two two very distinct ideologies that that Americans adhere to, left and right. And you know, in a lot of ways, they're they're equally valid. I mean, there are at least positions that people take, and you can you can argue. And, and we should argue about which is the best course of action to take. But what's turned out so weird in, the, in, in recent years is that it's become political. I mean, I'm sorry, it's become personal. If you're not, if you don't think like me, then you're a bad person. And if you don't think like me, you're an idiot. So, 
you know, there's there's been a move on in recent years as well to, and I remember when this happened with with the Associated Press when I was covering the White House back in the in the in the mid teens, two thousand. Um, there was an editor there who decided that the Associated Press was no longer going to cover both sorts, both sides of a story as if it was equal. He decided that you know we're we're going to decide what what is right and wrong. So. On just like an issue which was then being hotly debated, uh, like climate change, they literally decided that, no, 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 there's no more argument. There's no more, it might be happening, it might not be happening. Remember that climate change really happened in the 90s, but then, you know, through the early 2000s, the temperature actually went down, and there were all these questions about things. But the Associated Press decided, no, there's, there's, no, there's not two sides of the story. There's one side, and we'll present that one side, and we don't have to equally cover any other side. And... Lester Holt said that uh, actually just last just, just this year. Yeah, he said the very same thing. He said, "Hey, they're not they're not equal." And so when you have when you have news media and especially places like Facebook, I mean, I don't even know who these guys are who are deciding what's 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 real or what's not. You know, you had YouTube uh, knock Sky News off in Australia yesterday by saying that you know they're presenting misinformation. Well, who who's the guy in YouTube that can push the button and say, I am now the, the ruler of the world. I know all truth and all facts. It's, it's, it's yeah. crazy. But, but just the idea that you can't present both sides or that we can't have a serious dialogue between two opposing viewpoints, the left and the right, and how we do things, that's what's really changed. Now it's personal, and now you know one side, both sides demonize the other, and that's the real shame of, of it all. When we talk about fact-checking, and I'm, I'm really grateful that you are going to, to fact-check a lot of things that's coming out for us as conservatives to digest. But when we talk about liberal fact-checkers, I often have this image in my mind. Joseph Curl is my guest. Uh, I often have this image in my mind of some kid in his mom's basement scouring our comments on the social media. And then he's the one who's deciding uh, as far as what thoughts should be policed. Are there thought police, not necessarily young people, but is it real? Is it real? Talk to it, Joseph Curl. Well, I'm sure, excuse me, I'm sure that plenty of your listeners have have run into this before. I mean, you know, you, you can read a fact check and throughout it, it's just full of, of erroneous facts, so-called facts that these guys have said, well, you know, this, this is the claim, but here's the reality. And it's like, well, that's not the reality. That's your claim about what the reality is. It's not a, it's not a, rea- it's not a fact. So you can look at these fact checks a lot of times and realize, yeah, they're just, they're just flimsily put together. Who knows by what kid in, in some basement somewhere. And, and then they get tossed around. And here's what's crazy, too, that maybe your listeners don't know about. That can circulate in a major way. There are fact-checkers that, that are involved with and connected to social media, five or six of them for sure at, at, at Google and, um, and Facebook. And so when they deem something to be not, not full of facts, not to, to fail the fact test, they then flag those posts. And then that turns out to be they just center them. Now they can't appear on social media. <clears throat> and, what, and what will happen there is that, then, you know, the, the news outlet that's, that's posting that story, that story disappears from there. And a lot of times, even worse than that, what they'll do is they'll turn around. They did this to the New York Post when they wrote some stories about Hunter 
Biden and his and his laptop. They just deemed those to be not worthy of, of running, and they just literally cut them off the internet. The, 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 the New York Post, you know, like the, one of the top oldest newspapers in the country, suddenly could not run its stories. Of course, all that stuff turned out to be true, but but for that time period, they were in control of things, and that story could not be disseminated. So, yeah, that's that's really frightening when you think about what who's controlling things and and how easy it is to control things when these fact checkers just deem something unworthy it, it has this ripple effect across everything where suddenly you can't see it the agency can't post it it, it disappears from the internet and and that's a heck of a lot of control for some kid as you say in a basement somewhere to have yeah it is, it is incredibly powerful joseph curl is my special guest, and I am going to uh, return. Joseph, I hope you can stay with me through the short break that's coming up here. I'm going to return with him because I not only want to talk to him about uh, uh, the this fact-checking thing that's going on uh, against conservatives and, of course, the, the line, the red lining of conservatives that's going on. Just the other day, I had an uh, Instagram uh, post tagged as uh, parts might be unfactual. Who, who are these people? That's what we want to know. But we also want to know uh, what legacy a man like uh, Joseph Curl uh, leaves behind and what would he want us to say about him uh, many, many years from now uh, when he hangs up his spurs and uh, is looking off into the sunset. I'm going to return with him after these brief words. And um, he will continue. Michelle, I want to see if we can um, bring him in on a regular basis because I uh, really like uh, the conversation that we're having here with Joseph Curl. And uh, he has a worldview and he has been able to um, write about it and, of course, see it um, himself. Off the press, off the press.com, off the press.com. Go there, check him out, and uh, be of service to yourself and your community uh, as far as knowing what's going on. Knowledge is power, but if you have the wrong take on the knowledge, uh, then it can be a detriment. That's what we're seeing happening in our country right now. Uh, so many of the masses uh, are getting their news so news from sources that are nefarious. Serious, seriously, nefarious. I'm going to return with Joseph Curl off the press.com when I return. I'm CL. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Are lifted high 
CL back with you on this great day in the USA. I want to thank each and every one of you for helping us, helping us build that bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on Red State, Red State Talk Radio. I am C.L. Bryant. This is C.L. Bryant Show coming at you daily, 12.05 in the East until 2 p.m. every day. And uh, Michelle and I have been coming at you now for seven years. Uh, and uh, we are certainly happy to celebrate this, our seventh year here in 2021. Wow. Wow, Michelle, we started doing this thing back in 2014. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I want to thank all of you for making the show as popular as it has become. On the number one talk platform in the nation is where we broadcast from, Red State Talk, Red State Talk Radio. And my special guest today uh, is Joseph Curl. On with me the first hour was Sam Sorbo. And uh, Sam and I were on tour just this last couple of weeks ago, and she is on fire wanting to make certain that uh, we understand that our children are being duped, swindled, and hoodwinked. All of that. That's what's happening. And uh, she's the wife of Hercules, uh, Kevin Sarbo, and of course, he's the star of God's Not Dead. But on with me now is uh, the star of OffThePress.com, OffThePress.com, Joseph Curl. And when we left, uh, he was telling us that, yes, there certainly is thought police, and we don't know who they are. We don't know where they are. But before we go to uh, the close of of, of the interview, uh, I just want to get your take on who is in charge, Joseph Curl, who is in charge. Obviously, it's not Joe Biden. Obviously, Kamala Harris doesn't have the capacity to be in charge either. So what's going on here, Joseph, from your perspective? (laughs) Well, I think it's the old, um, I think it's the old adage, the inmates are running in the asylum. We don't really know who's running things. um, And I'm sure Biden's involved in things, but he's got a huge team of, of people. And, um, and you know, but my guess is maybe a little contrary to what you just said. I think, I think Kamala Harris, super ambitious. You know, she's got a big team of people. She's clearly getting ready to run in 2024. Biden had said that he likely would not run again. He's sort of backpedaled on that a little bit. But I think, you know, watching his behavior now at 78 to see him running for president again and taking the White House again at 83, that's probably not going to happen. So, and it's also the reason that Kamala Harris sort of immediately distanced herself from, from, from the border. I mean, Biden smartly said, Hey, go figure out the border. And she said, that's too politically (laughs) I don't want to do that. So she just kind of walked away from that and, and is trying to raise her profile in a bunch of other ways. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think there's an awful lot of, of, um, I think there's a big staff, you know, again, the Biden people, the Obama people, all the way back to the Clinton people, they're sort of like they all come crawling out of their rocks and and come back into the administration when one of them gets in. And and it's literally been those people, you know, all the way back to Bill Clinton. It's a lot of the same players that that just keep bobbing up to the surface. And and they're all they're all in place. I I think uh, I think they're all still running things, especially the former Obama people are, are big. In your estimation, is Nancy Pelosi being held hostage truly by uh, Acacia Cortez and the squad? Nancy 
is I've met her on a couple of occasions, and she's a very savvy, uh, savvy politician. I mean, you know, she was the only Speaker of the House in, in, in our history, uh, if I'm correct, uh, that's ever been voted out of the office, been kicked out of the office, then actually got it back. She's the only one. She's very savvy. And, and, and it, how is it that she's allowed herself, including Mitch McConnell, of course, never, never had much faith in Mitch anyway, but, but, uh, but, but just the same, how, uh, how is it possible that she has allowed herself to be taken captive by these upstarts? Talk to us. I think, you know, one of the things that, that's interesting about, about the Democratic Party is, that, you know, they talk about the old white people in the Republican Party, but you look at leadership in, on the Democratic side, and, you know, people like Patrick Leahy and Pelosi and, and Steny Hoyer and, you know, all big, huge, powerful players, Bernie Sanders, um, they're, they're all 80-plus. And, and so, you know, there's this, there's this mismatch, this disconnect between what Nancy Pelosi knows, and you're absolutely right. She's very powerful, very smart. You know, she, she keeps her, her people in line. Every, every two years, there's a, a rumor that, that the Democrats are going to rise up against her and knock her out. And she gets everybody back in line, and she threatens everybody with, if you do this and you, and you don't win, you know, you, you, as the old saying goes, you need to make sure you kill the king or don't try to kill the king. So if you try to knock her out, she's going to punish you. And she keeps, she keeps winning that way. But I think there's this big disconnect between 80-year-old Nancy Pelosi and 30-something um, AOC. And, and, you know, AOC can – she just right away rose to the top, social media. She, she's on everywhere. She's even on, like, video games, playing video games with young people. She's tapped into young people, and she's bringing in millions and millions of dollars. She's, she's again, her own force, not nearly as powerful as, as Pelosi, but – She's driving that wing, that squad of progressives. And, you know, Biden had to pretty quickly toe the line there, too. Not just Pelosi, but but Biden said, hey, look, these people have a big force. I mean, every every four years, both parties have to move. You know, the Republicans have to move right. The, the, the Democrats have to move left in order to win the internal race for, for the nomination. They, they, they can't really be in the middle, although sometimes a, a Mitt Romney will kind of pop through. But... Um, they'll they'll move to their to their bases and then they'll move back to the center. I think one of the things that happened this last time with Biden is he looked at it and said, "I don't really need the progressive wing," but he got pushed there by Kamala Harris and others. So by the time you get as far left as Biden got, he couldn't get back to the middle. He couldn't suddenly just tack back to the middle. So he's he's fallen into thinking that they are representing America and, and bringing a, a real political force. They're not. There's the squad. It's called the squad because there's only like four or five of them. But, um, but they're, having, they're having a real force, and they're pushing Biden into, into making some more liberal decisions that he probably would have made. And, and I think that's going to be something really interesting that off the press and, and, and you guys and, and all of us are going to be watching as we go to 2022 and especially 2024 is, how far left is the Democratic Party going to go? How much sway will the progressives have? I mean, they've already got the sway in, in making, you know, all bathrooms transgender and, you know, transgender males are competing in, in girls' sports in high school. I mean, we're already moving that way in a lot of different ways. But how far will they go? How far will they, can they push them? That's Lord. what I think is going to be fascinating over these next couple of years. Lord help us all. I am really telling you, 
uh, Joseph Curl off the press. Uh, Joseph, just uh, one one last question before I ask you uh, the, 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 this closing question. Rhino Republicans, as they have been labeled, uh, and Rhino, cons- well, so-called conservatives, Rhino Republicans, I'll, I'll stick with that. Uh, like Mitt Romney, you mentioned them, Liz Cheney, uh, you know who they are. Uh, let, uh, Collins, uh, let, let me ask you this. Do... Do they, who do they fall in line behind? Can Trump corral them this time? Jeff Flake is going to be starting a lot of mess out there. There's no question about it. Uh, does Trump come back and, and pull them into line? Does he uh, name a successor? Does he want to take this on himself for vindication? How are you seeing this shaking out? Well, I don't want to disappoint your, your listeners, but um, having watched all this for as long as I have, I don't think there's any real way that, that, that Trump can run again in 2024. He can certainly announce that he's going to, but the party's not going to get behind him. The party, you know, the powers that be will not. And, and again, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars that have to be lined up in order for you to run. Now, you know, this has happened with, with many, many candidates. You know, Al Gore supposedly tied or maybe won the 2000 election, but 2004, he wasn't there. You know, John Kerry lost only by, by Ohio. Remember, we had to wait a day to even find out. That race was so close, we didn't know till the next day. And four years later, John Kerry doesn't come back. So, you know, that's, that's a huge difference in that. And even Hillary Clinton in 2016, I mean, you know, she loses. She claims that there was all this stuff. She doesn't come back as a candidate. So you, you rarely come back, especially if you've been president. But even if you've been a nominee, you rarely come back and get to run again. I think I think Trump will will you know there definitely is a there definitely is a Trump wing now which we I think we all knew was kind of there a more conservative wing that that wanted a lot of things done like securing the border and cracking down on rising taxes and this you know endless spending that's going on right now under the Democrats but I don't see him coming back and and being you know the candidate in 2024 I do see him being a major force he just recently lost a um, an election in which he uh, endorsed the candidate. His candidate didn't win, but I think in 2022, you know, we all just wrote stories in the last couple of days about him amassing a hundred million dollar war chest. He's going to be picking out candidates that he likes that support his ideology, and he's going to throw a lot of money at them. So, you know, this idea that the Trump Republican ship or Trump Republicans are are going to die and 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 go away—that's not the case. Whether he's the nominee in 2024 or not. His, his his power is going to reverberate for at least the next decade. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, in 2024, we'll see somebody that resembles a lot more Donald Trump than than, than he does, you know, John McCain or, or Mitt Romney. And and I think, you know, the, yeah. the next four or eight years after that, I think we're going to see candidates that, that reflect a lot more of what, what Donald Trump has been talking about. So... I don't think he goes again in 2024. Again, he'd be 78, which is, the, you know, he, he mocked Biden for being old. and He'd be the same age as, as Biden then. And I can't imagine that he would love to do that again. No. But he is, you know, but he does have a massive ego. So maybe he's going to think like, hey, I can, I can knock this guy off. And we'll see. So we'll see. But I think he will be a kingmaker, and I think he will be play a big role in, in most of the upcoming elections. A little time left, uh, Joseph. Uh, one last question for you. Uh, legacy. Uh, when uh, it's all said and done, as I said many years from now, I, I trust that God grants you grace uh, to live long life. 
What would you want us to say about the work that you did? What would you want to leave behind as legacy? Well, you know, I've been thinking about that ever since you teased that going into the break. I, I, it's funny. I think we're about the same age. I, I don't think about that that often, but I, I think if I had to say that, I would simply say that the thing that I'm, the thing that I'm most fascinated by is, is the ability to ask questions. My, you know, my mom and dad brought me up to ask a lot of questions and, and, and to point out things when they, when they don't add up. And that's what I love about journalism is I like to, you know, let's add up what you've got to say. Let's add up all the facts and all of your statements and see if that holds water. So, <clears throat> but again, I just, I just love the ability to ask the question. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time judging people on, I've got plenty of friends who are, you know, liberal and Democrats and plenty of friends that are libertarians and all across the board. And it's, it's not personal. It's, it's the ability to ask questions. And that's what, you know, you do in your job. It's what I do in journalism. We ask questions and we get to answers. And then, you know, the, the, the biggest part of that is we let people make up their own minds. They don't need to come and, and support everything I say, or we don't have to support everything they say, but we've got to be able to ask these questions. And if we can't do that, we can't really move forward as a, as a society. We've got to have this free press and, and a constant yearning and search for knowledge, which is what's going to keep pushing us forward. Offthepress.com. That's Joseph Curl. Offthepress.com. Check it out. Check it out. Joseph, listen, man, continue to fight the good fight. We're going to have you back uh, real soon. I know that you'll fight the good fight, man, because you are fighting the good fight. God bless and God keep you. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you, CL. Appreciate it. Have a good day. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryan Show. That was Joseph Curl. Off the press offthepress.com. Check it out. Check it out. Offthepress.com. And uh, hey, friends, I want all of you to know that uh, you need to examine all facets, okay? Turn, 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 it, turn it over in your, hand, in your mind, in your hand. Feel this thing. Handle it. Uh, there's a car they're wanting you to drive that will surely break down on you. Are you hearing me? There is a car, and it's a, it is used. It's no new car. Oh, no. No, 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 no. The car they're wanting you to buy. This uh, critical race theory, uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the car they're wanting you to drive in, the vehicle they're wanting you to drive in, It will surely break down on you. It's been sold to other folks. Hey, yeah, this socialist, Marxist, communist vehicle, look down 90. I live in Florida now, folks, if you didn't know. 90 miles, well, from where I am, about 150 miles from the coast. Mm, Yeah, about 150 miles from the coast where I live is Cuba. They, they can tell you about the vehicle they were sold by Castro. <laughs> Broke down. <laughs> yeah, it did. And ask the Russians. The, I'm talking about the peasants. Don't ask Putin. Ask the peasants about the vehicle they were sold by Lenin. Broke down. Then go and ask the Chinese. 
who bought into that idea. Ask Mao. Ask the people who bought into Mao's idea. The vehicle broke down, and they're trying to sell you Americans the same old vehicle, the old used car that never got anybody to anywhere they wanted to go. It always broke down and is smoking now. There's smoke coming out of the tailpipe of that vehicle they're wanting you to drive. And you're going to buy it? Your children having to mask up? You're going to buy this? This is not about herd control. As I said, uh, you can follow me. On Twitter at Rev R E V C L Brian at Rev C L Brian. Go to uh, FreedomWorks FreedomWorks.org, and um, but check out our Facebook page, FreedomWorks Facebook page, and then you scroll over to um, videos, and there you'll see uh, many uh, videos that I have been able to produce on behalf of um, a company I am senior fellow with, FreedomWorks. In fact, I'm, hey, you folks up in Washington, D.C., I will see you tomorrow afternoon. I will be seeing you, reuniting with my colleagues and uh, trying our best to build, educate, and mobilize the largest grassroots organization in uh, the nation. At least we think we are. We both six million strong on the ground. And um, I don't think there's there's any others. And uh, we always have our feet on the ground. Oh, yeah. So um, thank you for coming along with me as we build the bridge to conversation daily. There's a lot uh, to talk about in this last segment that uh, is coming up. Larry Elder, a friend of mine. Uh, has I see Larry on these commercials all over the place now. You know what? Okay, um, you'll be seeing CL. Uh, Larry is talking. About, he's running for governor out there in California against Gavin New, um, Gavin Newsom. And um, Larry says, "It's David versus Goliath, and I ain't Goliath." <laughs> I'm gonna have him on the show next week. I'm CL. I'll be right back. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Oh, in the heavens. 
Is your medical information to be kept private? The, the, the first step in destroying that in American life is being, putting, being put in place right now. You see, you see my friends, uh, if they are able... Huh? If they are able to make you tell them if you've had your COVID shot or else, then you have just allowed them to put their foot in the door of knowing everything else about you. You better wake up. Hey, you better wake up. If you allow them, and I'm not, I'm, I'm fighting it, I'm fighting it till I can't fight anymore. You better join me. I'm telling you, you better join me. Are you with? Are you? Are you with me? Listen. If we allow folks to tell us that we must tell the tell them about our uh, status as far as vaccination is concerned, um, then <laughs> you, you just open the door for, for them to know everything else about you. You see, look at it this way. When we got polio vac- vaccinations back way back when, I don't even know if they give. Do they, I, I guess they still give polio vaccinations. I don't. I don't know. Haven't had children. Haven't had babies so long that uh, uh, haven't um, really paid any attention to whether or not kids get polio. I know they still get vaccinations and all that, but um, I don't know. But now you got the you got your kid the polio vaccination in order to protect them, your child, from getting polio, right? Now, my concern then was not for the other kid who didn't have the polio vaccination because that's on them. If they got polio, that's on them, right? But it was still the choice of the parent as to whether or not their child got the polio vaccination. And, 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 and that's the way it is right now. If you have the shot, if it works, and listen, I've had COVID. All right. I had it right when it first came out. Yeah. I, I was... Um, I guess my immune system was just after having, you know, lost, uh, lost Jane two years, nearly two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one of those things. I got, I got, I got COVID struck the very next week. The country was shut down. I was up in Denver alone. And I don't know why. You know, I don't, I'm not the type of person that gets get down sick. I mean, I might catch a cold or something like that, or the, I might catch I might catch the flu. I've had the flu once in my life. It ain't fun, 
But I fought it off pretty good just a few years ago, just a couple of three, three, two, three years ago. Fought it off. No problem. No, I didn't take any medications or anything. I, Robitussin. You had to put some tussin on it, put some Robitussin on it. <laughs> That's what I did. Uh, Robitussin owes me a little money. They should. <laughs> as much as I talk about them. My dad swore by it. And so, so do I. But anyway, I mean, hey, we both were healthy for, you know, he, dad was healthy up until he wasn't. But he was old. He was old when he passed away. And he looked good. But he was strong. He and, him and grandpa both he men. And so they can see what you're, they can see what you're about. And you open the door for that. You open the door for that. By letting them do it. And so, my friends, what's it going to be? Uh, dangerous freedom or peaceful slavery? If you have the shot, what are you worried about? I know you're worried now because the CDC is sending all of these mixed messages. And you know why they're sending all these mixed messages? Because I don't think they know. Businesses are paranoid that they're going to have to close down again. My God. America, what have you allowed yourself to get? What place, what, what, what place, what dark place have you allowed yourself to go to that you can't seem to find your, you, can't you see that this man is a, can't you, can't you see that you are being hoodwinked by this mask on, mask off type thing? Huh? I mean, that is what's happening to you. You are being swindled out of your American freedom. I will remind you let me remind you of this. Those of you who have not had the vaccination, including myself. And, and this is just the common sense of it all. When you hear them saying that cases are on the rise and people are going to the hospital uh, and the hospitalizations are, are on the rise. Okay. Cases do not translate uh, to what we were seeing a year ago as far as people croaking from this. And I'm not really sure people were really croaking as much as it has been stated and documented uh, from COVID as they perhaps were just from something else. Because the, you got to understand that for a while there, everybody, was, everybody who died died of COVID. I don't care if they had a heart attack. They died of COVID. Now, Herman Cain, my, my former mentor many years ago, uh, but Herman and I were together up in Tulsa 
last year, you know, well, yeah, last year, right before the president uh, was um, cheated out of the office. And about a week later, Herman um, was diagnosed with COVID. A week and a half, two weeks later, Herman was diagnosed with COVID, right? Okay. Um, Herman died with COVID. But he did not die from COVID. Are you hearing me? Herman, Herman died with COVID. But he didn't die from COVID. Herman was a two, three time um, cancer survivor. So his immune system was already weakened. And that's what I believe it happened to a lot of folks that was said to have died from COVID. No, they died with COVID. They didn't die from it. They died from something else that had weakened them and they couldn't fight it and COVID. That's what, that's, that's basically what happened. Cause I I've had it. I got the antibodies in me. Okay. I've had, I'm not, ta- I'm not taking the shot. I've had COVID. And this is the point that I wanted to make. You're, if you're healthy, and, and I know a lot of people thinking that, you know, they're, they're suffering with this, this trial and that trial. But if you're healthy, if your constitution is strong, your human immune system has proven itself to be, during this entire epidemic, 98% effective. You may get it, but it ain't killing you. You may get it, but it ain't killing you because it's 98%. Your, your, your own immune system is that effective. God designed you to be that way. If you're one uh, who is strong enough to survive what comes upon you, then you're going to survive it. If you're one who knows that you are uh, constitutionally challenged, then you, you might need to look into getting it, but I don't recommend it for anyone. I've always been one of those guys. Hey, uh, my cousin say, "Hey, man, let's jump off this tree limb into the into that pond." My response has always been, "Okay, you go first. So, those of you who uh, want to do this and feel like it's all good, go ahead. I will wait to see what happens to you. And I still, I'm probably not going to take this. My friend, um, executive um, uh, assistant, uh, sent, sent to me a couple of, couple of, about a week ago now, this thing that just outlined, you know, how this shot is not good for you. Now, I know that a lot of the conspiracy theorists are debunking it and all this kind of stuff and people who don't want, who want to make you sheep are trying to shoot it down and all that kind of thing. But I am saying to you in no uncertain terms, came out far too quick and um, there are too many things that are happening to folks 
that they're not reporting that's happening to them behind this shot. And again, I tell you, again, I say to you, I am always, always, always leery of anyone who is overly persistent at wanting me to do something that they want me to do. No, I'm always, I'm always thinking ulterior, ulterior, ulterior. There, I, I just feel as though Fauci and and them, uh, even even some of these doctors that come on TV, uh, pushing get the shot, get the shot, get the shot. When we have an immune system that is ninety eight percent effective against protecting us against this thing. The herd immunity, like Grandpa used to do, if one cow got sick, expose the herd so that all of them get it. And you treat the herd so that uh, those that do survive create a stronger herd. That's herd immunity. What's happening here is absolutely uh, opposite of that. That's why they're not getting the result. Uh, this We would have been over this if you actually let the herd be exposed. That's my doctor. <laughs> oh, anyway. It's, at least I know that's what happened on the farm. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of this day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our mind. And until I speak to you again, I'm CL. May God bless and keep you. through.